When I grow up, I want to be a contractor because I like building stuff. I, when I grow up, I want to be a stunt double. When I grow up, I want to be an astronaut and travel to Mars. It seems hard to remember a time when we didn't use apps and online services to book vacations, order a coffee, and help us decide how to dine. Pros in the hospitality industry always have their eyes out for hot trends and new technologies to improve service. And over the last decade or so, this industry has experienced huge change. Short-term vacation rental or home-sharing sites continue to disrupt the hotel industry. Online travel agencies have been around since the 90s, and we continue to see their impact. In September 2019, the long-standing UK-based tour company Thomas Cook collapsed. Industry analysts cited the company's slow reaction to online rivals as part of the reason for its demise. And let's not forget social media. And automation and robots have been introduced at restaurants and hotels around the world. New technologies can provide innovative services and customer experiences. They can also create new jobs and transform existing roles in the industry. Here's a quote attributed to Apple founder Steve Jobs that relates well to what we're talking about today. Get closer than ever to your customers. So close that you tell them what they need before they realize it themselves. Welcome to WorkShift. Uh, it depends on the kind of traveler as to how maybe interested they'll be dealing with a robot or dealing with a person. So if I'm a road warrior and I'm on the road all the time, I could care less if I talk to someone, facial recognition sees me coming in, sends something to my phone that tells me you're going to room 222 today and I can check into the room with my phone, I can pay. Digital disruption. The gig economy. Artificial intelligence. Robux! There's a lot of talk about these things in the media and online, but what do they mean for you? I'm Sean McEwen. And I'm Ray Harapal. We're exploring the future of work and changes you can expect to see at your job. We'll tell you how this massive digital shift could change your career and what you can do to adapt, evolve, and thrive. I know you just heard him there, but my co-host Ray is away this episode. But don't worry, he'll be back on the next show. Today we're talking about disruptive technologies in the hospitality industry and how they've transformed jobs and will continue to do so. We're kicking things off with Donna Lou McDonald. She worked in the hotel industry for nearly 15 years before moving into teaching. She's a professor at George Brown College's School of Hospitality and Tourism Management. And right now her focus is on sustainable facilities management and service excellence. The hospitality industry has experienced a lot of change. Let's travel back with Donna Lou to the days of metal hotel room keys and comment cards. So when I think about uh, when I first started working, um, I worked as a front desk agent. So we took, we dealt in cash and we took credit cards and, and we had metal keys. One of my very first jobs was a mail in information clerk and I had to, you know, answer questions, provide information to the customer, but I sorted out metal keys for rooms because if you didn't sort out the keys, the guest might not be able to check in. And today, you know, in one of my classes, a student was telling me he's from Taiwan and he was telling me about a hotel where, you know, they they actively use facial recognition so that when a guest walks through the door, they already know, oh, that's Donna Lou McDonald that's just walked through the door and we've got her room assigned or, you know, we've 
prepped. We've done whatever needs doing so that she can now check into her room. So when I think about the change in my lifetime, um, you know, that that's happened uh, mostly with probably within the last 10 to 15 years. I think about people who used to work in reservations. Uh, they're not order takers anymore. If they're still existing as reservations agents, doing some of the same basic duties, they now have become more reputation managers. So a lot of times the people that used to work in reservations have ended up being the people who are responding to uh, comments on social media, looking at complaints or, you know, constructive criticism that might come through some of the the booking sites like Expedia or booking.com. So they're kind of like problem solvers. Yeah. So there's a whole different level of skill. It used to be more about learning how to use the computer to book a reservation and make sure you had asked all the right questions. Now it's about reacting to whatever the guest is bringing to you as a, as an issue. So there's uh, definitely a, a more emphasis for the people that are there still to be that it's the people skills that are increasingly important. One thing you mentioned uh, there is um, responding to customer complaints. Um, can you tell me a bit about how that's changed, not just for the people who are working in the reservation um, departments, but in general, and the expect how the expectations have changed on the customer side? Yeah. So when I first started working in the industry, um, it was quite common to have a guest comment card in the guest room and the guests would fill it out and they'd drop it off at the front desk on their way when they checked out or at some point or the room attendant might find it in the room when the guests left. That comment card would go to the front desk, it would get sorted out, we'd maybe address, you know, where's the major issue? Is it a good thing that needs to go to the restaurant or is it a bad thing that needs to go to housekeeping? And then they would get circulated. So it could easily be three, four, five, a week, you know, five days later, a week later before someone's actually getting back to the guest, maybe by phone, maybe by email, maybe even by letter, if that's the only way that we had to reach them. Yeah. So it was so much slower. And now you've got immediate, you know, a guest checks out and on their way to the airport, they're on their phone going, ah, that hotel, I can't believe this happened to me. And I better respond within minutes or, you know, an hour at least maybe, uh, because otherwise people will be looking at that and saying, oh, I, I'm not going to book at that hotel. So the speed with which you have to rectify and have it rectified online so that the world can actually see what the resolution is, is it has increased incredibly. And it could be attached to a name as well. So there's that um, pressure, that's increased pressure that I'm not anonymous anymore and someone is going to be able to very immediately react to my service. Voice-activated customer service tools will likely reduce calls to the concierge. In June 2018, Amazon rolled out Alexa for Hospitality with Marriott International. Uh, Alexa for Hospitality can open your drapes, turn down the lights, uh, play your music playlist, and I assume there's probably some way that you could even have your home playlists connected. Um, I can use Alexa to order two extra towels to get some more shampoo or whatever it is that I might need, and it's all going to integrate with the hotel system. So, and there was it was interesting. They talked about um, having Alexa allowed the hotel to focus on guest interactions that matter the most. So it's not saying you know, Alexa is going to take away all of your people, but it's saying, get rid of the routine stuff, get rid of the things that are repetitive that don't require skills and focus on what a guest still needs. Cause I think that's important to remember. 
The Hina Hotel opened in 2015 in Nagasaki, Japan, staffed by 243 robots, including luggage machines, virtual assistants, and a front desk velociraptor. In January 2019, it was reported the hotel fired half its robot staff because the machines caused more problems than they solved. Full-on robot resourcing wasn't entirely successful in this particular case, but what role could robots play in the hospitality industry? It depends on the kind of traveler. Uh, It depends on the kind of traveler as to how maybe interested they'll be dealing with a robot or dealing with a person. So if I'm a road warrior and I'm on the road all the time, I could care less if I talk to someone, facial recognition sees me coming in, sends something to my phone that tells me you're going to room 222 today and I can check into the room with my phone, I can pay. So if you've got the road warrior, they're going to be okay with absolutely all of that technology assisting their getting in and out as quickly as possible with all the things that they normally want. Whereas the family on vacation, they're like, they don't know what they want. They need a lot more um, assistance. And and maybe that's part of their experience too, is being able to talk to the person checking them in or meeting their room attendant. How about when it comes to cleaning and turning over rooms? Uh, there, There really isn't a good way yet for housekeeping to be completely replaced by a robot. Um, There's a Toyota robot that when you look, and and I don't know of any hotels that are using it, but when you watch it trying to clean up a room and it uses, you know, a camera to sort of look at stuff on the floor and go, okay, what's this? This is where this needs to go. Uh, It's so incredibly slow. And when I, you know, I'm watching the video thinking a person could do this so much faster. But where I have heard of and this isn't even very advanced technology, but it's kind of, I guess it's a first step. Um, Novotel has beds in their rooms that have um, a, a base that raises the bed so that when someone's making the bed, it, they don't have to bend over to make it. So um, that, you know, one of the big things in housekeeping with people making potentially 25, 30 beds a day is the wear and tear on the human body. Yeah. So uh, this ability to have a bed that comes up to your level, and, and that actually that's one of the things that apparently is built into it is that the employee has their ID card and there's a some kind of interface that says, oh, this is Donna Lou making up this room. Well, she's five foot 10. And so we need to raise the bed to a certain level. Whereas if it's Mary Lou and she's only five foot two, the bed doesn't have to be risen to the same level so that it's ergonomically more comfortable for the person. I don't know of any robot that can currently make a bed. It's technology complementing the job of the human. And so that might be able to help them hit their targets for that. Um, or to do different things than to be right. able to enhance the things that perhaps only a human can do, if there is anything left that only a human can do, but allow them to focus on different things in the room. Right. Um, one of the, and this isn't about technology, but one of the ways that ro- some rooms or some hotels are changing is that they're starting to put in bunk beds. So again, there's a couple of hotels in New York that I've seen where, you know, they it's quite a high-end looking hotel, but they've got bunk beds because they're trying to maximize the use of the space. So um, we may not have large amounts of room to make all of these different rooms. So if I can actually put three or four people into a, a smaller space because of the use of bunk beds, but that, 
you know, I'm thinking, wow, that room looks so cool. How does a room attendant make up the bed when it's a bunk bed? Because now not only are you having to make up the bed the way we want it to standard, we're now doing it standing on a ladder or... So so when I'm thinking about the use of bunk beds, if that is a trend that might proliferate, uh, how might a robot help prevent accidents? How might a robot help facilitate that kind of new way of setting up a room? On the food and beverage service side of things, robots have been shaking it up for some time now. Royal Caribbean Cruises launched its Bionic Bar in 2014, featuring two robot arms that pump out up to a thousand drinks a day. There are food service robots that can flip burgers and make pizzas. There's also a robot named Sally that's making waves. Sally creates fresh food products like salads and grain bowls. I talked to Nolan Schachter, the VP of Customer Success at Chowbotics, the American company that makes Sally. Here's part of our phone conversation. It's really about just access uh, to to that fresh food in a in 24/7 setting. So whether it be uh, in a healthcare facility, where you know uh, the majority of, of healthy food or health or excuse me fresh food in general uh, is inaccessible after the cafeteria closes. Oh, did we mention he's a George Brown College marketing grad? He is. Chowbotics bills Sally as the world's first fresh food robot. Sally is about the same height as a vending machine, and there are storage containers inside that hold individual fruits, vegetables, and other ingredients. And it dispenses those ingredients based on customers' touchpad screen selections. Nolan says Sally is a great solution for hospitals and college and university campus settings where there aren't fresh food options after the cafeterias close. So, is Sally going to come for your food service job? In fact, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're about making fresh food more accessible. And really, if we do our, our, our jobs right, we're actually going to need more kitchen workers to do the prep that's required uh, for the food to go into Sally. Yeah. Um, you know, if you think about it, a, 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 a college or university campus, they might have their one main dining facility, but now we're actually adding on, you know, maybe two or three additional fresh dining locations on the campus. Uh, and those, you know, still definitely require, um, uh, there, there's a labor component in, into the, to the upkeep and, and maintenance of, of Sally. Yeah. Um, there, there might be locations that, you know, Sally is operated from a commissary kitchen. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in that case, we wouldn't be necessarily removing the labor component. We'd just be adding the fresh food component. And there are other jobs, Nolan says. Ones like his. Making sure customers are satisfied with the robot they've purchased. And there are marketing opportunities, engineering, user interface design, hardware engineering. The list goes on. Sally also provides interesting data points. But then even from a health and safety standpoint, what's really neat is uh, Sally is monitoring the internal temperature every minute. And Mm. so you'll you'll never serve food that is outside of safe operating zones because it's all fully automated. Uh, And similarly, when you're loading an ingredient into Sally, you're also automatically setting that expiration date for Mm -hmm. that ingredient. So you've got a longer shelf life that you would, uh, let's say, of an open-air container that is typically only cooled 
uh, from the bottom. So it's actually only chilling, you know, half of the ingredients, mm -hmm. and the other half are exposed to the air and uh, people potentially coughing or sneezing or what have you on on the ingredients directly. Uh, but everything is, is kept in our in our crispers, uh, locked away in, in the refrigerated unit. Um, so you get all that, that data, you know, ingredient expiration dates, uh, the internal temperature log that's, you know, historical, so the health inspector can, can uh, export that information for any uh, time period that they, they choose, mm -hmm. and then all of the traditional, you know, sales data and usage statistics. And here's Donna Liu on analytics and data mining in the hotel sector. You know, if we had that ideal world where maybe a robot is in the room doing the, the hard physical work mm -hmm. and there's a person, maybe the person is able to work with the robot's data analytics to remember everything about you from the last time you were here. Or even bigger, if, you, you know, if you're a Marriott customer and you're a Marriott Bonvoy member, we now know what you've done in every Marriott you've ever stayed at and all of the other products that is associated with Marriott so that, oh yeah, three out of four times she requests a feather pillow, but not when she's got her husband with her. So he must be allergic. So we'll now know that when she's traveling on her own, we put feather pillows in the room. But if it's, if it's a reservation for Mr. and Mrs. or, you know, or then we're not going to put feather pillows because we now know that he must be allergic or, or some, something like that. So I could see the, the mining of the information about clients becoming so much deeper, but also faster and more nimble that we can make that kind of judgment call or the system can even make that kind of judgment call. So this data could help hotels provide hyper-personalized experiences and predict and prepare for their customers' needs before they have to ask. This is just one of the strategies the industry can use to compete with home sharing services. And there are new players such as LockTrip that could disrupt the disruptors. LockTrip is a blockchain accommodation service that cuts out the middle person and their commission fees. So, you know, when you're talking about disruptive technologies, that might all that might even disrupt um, booking sites like Expedia because they are using PayPal and credit cards, and now we have a blockchain-based one. So, if we're moving towards cryptocurrency, will that then disrupt everybody that we thought was a disruptor? Because now they've got. A, a different kind of payment technology that people are more comfortable with. Shameless plug alert. Check out episode nine, where we dive into the world of blockchain. It's time to take a look at the future want ads. Yes, kids, listen up, because these could be the jobs you'll be applying for when you grow up. In this segment, one of our guests outlines a job they think should exist in the future. Okay, Donna Lou, what have you got for us? Room personalizer. I guess that was the best because I'd sort of said room presenter, room butler, room personalizer. What skills or education will be required for this job? So this would be the new f version of what a room attendant has been. And it's in, uh, it, it implies or it requires that we have technology to help the room attendant clean the room. So by taking away the more physical, onerous parts of the job that cause repetitive strain injury, that maybe make people not want to work in housekeeping, which can be a challenge in some places at some times. So take away those parts of the job. And then the, the room personalizer is working in conjunction with the robot to make sure that 
things are being cleaned, but also in preparing the room for a specific customer. So right now we're probably more focused on just preparing a room. And then when you, when the next person checks in, we provide that. But now we want to prepare a room for a specific customer, knowing what their requirements are from previous stays at either our company or whether maybe we have access to some other vast database of information so that we might be only put diet soda in the mini bar because we know that this person only drinks diet soda and then decaf coffee in the coffee basket and no cream or sugar because they drink their coffee black. So we can completely customize what goes into that room. How do we set up the kitchen? Uh, Not the kitchen, the bathroom counter, because especially if we've got someone who stays with us for uh, quite a long time, people have a way that they like to set things up. And usually if it's the same room attendants cleaning the room day after day, they kind of get okay, this is what the guest wants. Uh, Whereas if you're staying in a hotel currently, you know, different room attendants can just sort of do things differently. Well, now we're going to do it your way. So we'll know how you've set your counter up in the past and that's how we're going to do it. So you like your toothbrush in a cup, we'll put your toothbrush in a cup. If you put all your amenities on a face cloth, we're going to put all your amenities on a face cloth. Um, So that hyper personalization that we could get from data mining is what the room personalizer would do. That's a wrap on this episode of WorkShift. What did you think? Email us at workshift at georgebrown.ca and we might share your thoughts on our next episode. This podcast is brought to you by the fine folks at George Brown College. I'd like to thank Donna Lou McDonald and Nolan Schachter for sharing their thoughts with us. It's the end of your work shift. Thanks for listening, and if you liked what you heard, please subscribe.